Welcome to this Positively Deviant production and welcome to Starkly. This podcast is a place to have conversations about the skills we believe are required to live into an expanded understanding of leadership and to upskill our decision intelligence in the age of AI. And our focus is on integrating the concepts we introduce in our six core skill episodes into who we are as people. The primary difference you'll notice about the skills we introduce in this podcast are they're focused on creating outcomes of success as a byproduct of becoming versus promising if you do this thing, you will yield great results, like the typical leadership development approach does. So what we're saying is if you become this kind of thinker, this kind of processor, this kind of decision maker, you will inevitably have great results. And so our work focuses on sourcing intel from less conventional places and increasing the quality of our processing so we can make sense of the intel we're working with. And in this increasingly complex world with increasingly complex decisions to be made, we believe this is the most important area of humanity and leadership to focus on upskilling. So Nicole, how does positive deviance or being positively deviant play a role in what we're up to? What we mean by positive deviance is that there's a distinct positive advantage and against the grain, atypical or deviant pathways. That in this deviance, we gain mastery in how we think about and how we approach our decisions. We explore how we can deviate from existing thinking without abandoning existing thinking. It's additive so that we can reorganize ourselves to account for what's typically not included, less visible, and examine variables in different ways. All of this is to explore alternate and more expansive decision-making processing that we believe is necessary in our age of advancing technology. So it's how we can deviate from the typical ways of thinking and overcome our conditioning and then bring about advantages from this new kind of intelligence that emerges. So now let's expand on decision intelligence. We hear a lot about decision intelligence, especially in technology with AI, but we're coming at this from a human perspective. So let's talk about what that means exactly. Yes, we're directly addressing how the technology of our world, as amazing as much of it is, is conditioning humans to become like machines. I frequently say that what we make makes us, and there isn't enough individual or collective work being done to help humans become more human and less like machines. This is the work of human decision intelligence, how we can collect information, learn to source data from less conventional places, and acquire new skills to process all of this in more sophisticated human ways. Two elements are connected here to call out, challenging social and system norms, and using what we find to increase human intelligence. What I've found is that in the act of resistance in curiously approaching circumstance, pushing against ideas and putting pressure on systems, this is where we find points of failure, like stress testing. And simultaneously, this is where we confirm and highlight the areas that are really working. And after surfacing this kind of knowledge, we can rearrange our strategies and address both what is not working and what is working in more intelligent ways. So Chelsea, you've spent a huge part of your career in learning and development. What caused you to determine that there were better ways of learning? And what compelled you to explore this domain of intelligence? Because it's a deviance, right? It's an alternate path. So how did you decide that there was something worth it here in a way that now is your entire focus? For years, I led leadership development with a really programmatic approach using a lot of tips and tricks. And it was management development for leaders making complex decisions and high pressure environments. And it was great seeing light bulbs go off over people's heads. Like that's what I was in it for. 
but there was a limitation to the kinds of skills I could teach this kind of programmatic approach, as opposed to engaging the individual context of a learner or of a leader and within their circumstances. This became more of a limitation as I started to work in more complex, matrixed global organizations, whether they had acquired companies or multiple products, and definitely with a lot more competing demands. And I was also working with people who'd already upskilled themselves beyond these generic methodologies. And that's when it became clear to me that these workshops and trainings and modules that were great for establishing a baseline and introducing people to certain skills, they weren't enough to engage in the complexity of not just making great decisions, but doing the internal work to become better decision makers, right? So I've taken Myers-Briggs and Strength Finder and DISC assessments and situational leadership courses and implemented Radical Candor and the Entrepreneurial Operating System. And even with all of these you know, highly credible frameworks, I have never seen a single one of them cut to the core of what was causing a leader's anxiety or have the capacity to bring all the context of life and all the nuances between people into the picture. What about you? Well, I've held numerous positions in almost every organizational department. Started my career in Hollywood and then ended up in tech. I've been a founder several times and in 2013, a Bitcoin blockchain venture capitalist. And being integrated into the creative media world and then integrated into bleeding edge technology and finance, this is where all of my intelligence culminated and where the throughput remained the same. The place of decision making as both the root problem and the root solution to human intelligence. I began to trace and map all of this through every single role. And what I found across all sectors was how decision intelligence was less about industry specific knowledge or even experience and more about how masterful individual people are in their analytics and in how they gather and process information. So I developed a pedagogy that addresses the human elements that are hidden and require more skill. Definitely calling out one of the things that makes our work so wildly different than most leadership development. It's this focus on internal work and how that produces far more benefits in the external results. We also take a really individualized approach in terms of how these concepts get applied because no two situations are the same. And our pedagogy for decision intelligence is designed to take that context into account. Yeah, the bottom line is the more complex of a world that we live in, the more capacity and education and skills we have to have to engage that complexity. It's like different levels of math. You know, learning to add and subtract is pretty clear, pretty linear, and basically easy to learn. Once you start doing astrophysics, those are far more complex calculations that involve less familiar, way more abstract constructs. And humans have a difficult time even understanding the scale of our planet, never mind the universes. It's that abstract because we can't see it with only our eyes. And human systems are like that. We're complicated creatures, so much so we tend not to have the skills to enter into our own complexity. And one of the ways that shows up for us is just how long it takes us to even know ourselves as individuals. Like, how long does that take? Most of us don't even begin to know ourselves until we're in our 30s. That's a long time. And it points to just how complex our system is. Now we start compounding that complexity inside all the different kinds of relationships and anxiety and layer that into domains of expertise. So what I've noticed throughout my work is how the context determines accuracy. But context is intricate because it changes. And this reality makes people want more ease and rules because then the context doesn't matter and we don't have to think about it. But rules and reductions don't make the complexity go away. It just ignores it. 
And there's not a human who doesn't have to make decisions in an endless variety of contexts. And that becomes overwhelming without growing skills. Yeah, I see two things happening here. One is the oversimplification of really complex problems and ignoring the context. And the other is making decisions from a place of anxiety, which is the worst place to decide from because our biases and our self-protection strategies that don't actually serve us are in charge. And I get it, right? Like simplifying a problem makes it feel more manageable in the moment, at least. But usually the context we didn't take into account, it comes back to bite us. And then when our anxiety is high, we're solving for that instead of the real issue. And this usually causes a lot more problems and pain down the line. So if you can relate to that, these core skills we introduce speak directly to those challenges. To give everyone a quick overview of the core skills, we kick off with locating the root cause versus solving for the symptoms that emerge from much deeper problems. We talk about how to do existential math, where we not only surface, but learn how to calculate all the invisible information that's normally dismissed because it doesn't fit nicely on a spreadsheet. We introduce the skill of working with paradox, which is where we hold seemingly contradictory intel simultaneously, and just how valuable it is to overcome binary thinking. And we have a really fun episode on cultivating the mindset of playfulness and playing the fool and what these unconstructed forms of play can surface. Then we talk about existing in liminality and how to embrace liminal spaces where it feels like nothing is happening, but really important processing is taking place. And all of these skills underpin the process of becoming where we are the goal and we commit to the process of becoming versus skipping all the work and just going after the achievement. As you can tell from the scope, these concepts are impossible to learn from a book or from listening to a podcast. And we always use the analogy of learning to swim. Most people need help to figure out the breathing and sequencing of body movements in water, which is a totally foreign environment to humans. So we have several episodes that introduce the core skills for building a new way of thinking. And we also host in-person practicums and salons so we can put our muscles to use and build the strength and the skills. I want to say up front that none of these core skills we outline in this pedagogy are the ultimate way. There is no one universal ultimate way. We invert and rotate topics to re-examine what is missing or invisible to gain more capacity for that which we avoid and to gain more mastery in what we notice and register. And we offer reflection questions in the show notes for each episode. So if you can't immediately begin working with us, you can get started working with the material. To engage with us, hit us up using the link in the show notes and keep listening to dig into these core skills.